Welcome back. This is the soft count. So the F1 qualifier was this morning, and I totally forgot that they're doing one of these sprint races this weekend. The uh, track is pretty fucking wild. After I finished the quali, a couple things I just wanted to note that I thought were interesting. Leclerc was really fast. Hamilton was extremely fast all day, which was pretty sweet. I know there's a lot of Hamilton haters. I kind of just like him because everybody hates him now, and I'm not I'm not European, so I can just from a person outside of the countries and and having like I don't know, some people hate him because of his tax shit. I mean, I get that. I hate rich people. <laughs> but regardless, he's I like seeing him do well, especially now that they've kind of been knocked down. That being said, they both wrecked in Q3. <laughs> so, everybody's cheering when they wreck. First of all, I see a lot of people on Reddit that are pointing out the hate, like people hating that. People just cheer wrecks for the most part, regardless of who's in them. I mean, they're exciting. That's why you're pretty much watching. A lot of people are. You, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but both of those wrecks, like you knew nobody was hurt. They were they were pretty mild. They just wiped out and kind of hit the wall at the end. But I've seen way harsher wrecks for people to kind of cheer. It's like, yeah, they, they don't want Mercedes to win. They're they're not cheering for you to get hurt. They're cheering for you to lose. And it's time to get over the people being mad that people are cheering. Like, it's totally expected. <laughs> as long as you walk away, it's fine. That's part of the game. Leclerc was really fast. Thought he was going to steal the pole at the end, but couldn't quite get it done. Verstappen takes one, Leclerc two, and signs three. There was some controversy with Perez at some point, but I haven't fully understood it yet. I'd have to read about it. It looks like he might have exceeded track limits or something. I, I'm, I don't really care. The reality is, is like I've said, Verstappen's probably already got the championship wrapped up. I mean, there's really not he's, – he's got quite a gap now. If he just keeps not getting DNFs and being consistent, look at the uh, – one of my great examples of that is like Alain Prost was a great example of somebody that could get a lead and then just not really – he could accept a fifth place. It's just don't get those DNFs, and they just can't close the gap on you. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting race this weekend. I think we're probably in for several wrecks. There are some really wicked corners that have some crazy elevation drops. Uh, they, they, you know, they come around a couple of these corners, and it's like a down, I don't know. They're, they're hard to explain, and they're, it's hard to get, it's hard to control. Uh, McLaren right now has a bunch of, I hear Lando keeps complaining about his braking, like they can't seem to brake. That's a, you know, they're not going to, when you get all the cars out there together and you can't brake, he's not going to last very long out there. They'll either just have to fall to the back or wreck. Overall, the sprint race, I mean, Leclerc, Leclerc has a shot at taking pole because when you add the sprint race in, Leclerc's really fast off the line and for some reason, I mean, Verstappen's had less of this problem this year, but historically, he's had problems on the line, like his get-off. Sometimes he's just slow. Sometimes there's a problem with the car. This season, there's been a lot less of that. He's been getting off really fast. But Leclerc's the king of being the fastest for a couple laps. He is really fast for a short period of time. So watch out for him to take pole and still lose the race or some shit like that uh, for Sunday still excited I, I just love formula one it's great to watch especially with the no other sports really going on if you're if you're you kind of have to watch wimbledon you have to watch formula one and if you're not watching those things it's like why not they're both extremely exciting
Wimbledon, uh, the finals are going to be on Sunday for the men's. I, I typically actually in, prefer women's tennis. It's um, the ball. I feel like the ball speed is a little bit easier to follow. And I just think the women, I don't know, it's just, it's pretty much the same game. They can even play doubles with men and women. So I like to support sports like that. It's, I don't enjoy women's basketball like I enjoy men's basketball. And it's nothing against women. But I enjoy women's tennis every bit as I enjoy men's. So I just try to watch it over the men's because why not? Might as well support them. Basketball, it's different. Like, I don't know any women that can dunk like Ja Morant. You know, there's a specific difference there. That being said, I support women in, in every way I can. And in tennis, it's like... Why wouldn't you? Their tennis game, their their gameplay is as, as good as anyone, so you might as well watch it. However, this Wimbledon, a lot of the women that I like to follow just didn't make it through, and I don't know a lot of the other women, and when I was watching them, they just didn't catch my eye. Nobody caught my eye. I haven't been following it that well, but I have been following the men because Nick Kyrgios, I really like him. <laughs> I like his game. He is uh, cocky. He's dirty. He's shit-talking. He's loud. I just dig it. He's He's sweet. So if you're watching Nick, he's going into the finals up against Novak. The thing about Novak that I will I will say right now is that Novak had a long match today. He got through it, but that definitely is going to have a toll. And Nadal withdrew from his semifinal match against Kyrgios, so Kyrgios got an extra, like, basically rest, another day of rest. He's going to be feeling fresh. And as long as he stays focused, which, you know, who knows if he's ever going to. That's a, that's an unpredictable thing. He claims he doesn't even have a coach now, which is strange. He should. <laughs> he's like, oh, I wouldn't put that on someone. It's like it's not about coaching your game or changing your game, but a coach for Kyrgios could keep you on track on things that you should be doing, regardless of, like, I think sometimes people get caught up in individual sports. There's, like, like fighting, tennis, golf. People have this idea that, oh, a coach is the one that's going to train you to be a certain style of this or a certain style of that. And in some cases, that's true, like fighting more so than anything else. But when it comes to tennis and like Nick Kyrgios, Nick Kyrgios has been playing tennis since he was seven. He's a taller player. A coach for him might just be like, we get up at this time. We eat this kind of food. You go do your practice at this time. We do some exercising at this time. We just keep it regimented. A guy that can constantly keep you on track. Not necessarily a guy that's trying to change the way you hit a backhand or the way you do your serving. I think, and even in athletes' mind, they think that's what a coach is. Like, oh, this guy's going to come in here and make me change my ways. And it's like, I think the only thing they're going to try to do is keep you on track. A player like you specifically. And I think you could really benefit from that. That being said, can he beat the best player in the world currently? I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't. I'd, I'd like uh, anybody that's listening, you know, shoot me a shoot me a DM. Tell me what who you think is going to win. By the way, we've got listeners now all over the world. If you guys are listening to this pod, it's at the beginning. Of, this is the beginning of this podcast. You know, we're on our episode thirty four. We've been doing it for a little over eh, about two months. We got a lot of listeners, and they are spread all over the place. Uh, shout out to my guy in Kansas near Wichita. You've listened to pretty much every episode. My boy in Belgium, you two guys are my top two fans. But we're spread all over the East Coast. Got a couple of listeners out in California. Just want to say hello to you guys. All over Texas, I see you guys. Texas just loves sports, which is sweet. There's a lot of UFC fans in Texas, which I uh, I dig.
UFC this weekend is going to be sweet. Rafael Dos Anjos has been really awesome. If you haven't, he's obviously old. But if you haven't watched him fight in the last few fights, he's been dominant. It's kind of like the Glover Teixeira thing. You're kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, is, can he keep doing this? I have no idea. And Rafael Fiziev has been... Here's my take on Rafael Fiziev. He is physically gifted. His body is incredible. But he gets himself into a lot of trouble in his fights all the time. He takes a lot of damage. He's kind of wild. And at times, I think he doesn't know how to fight. It's like, oh my God, what are you doing in there? Like, why, why did you do that? And it, it'll get him gassed a little bit. But when you look at him, it's like, wow, he is fast and strong. If somebody could just rein him in and and teach him how to fight, <laughs> that would be ideal. And I know, I know he's a Tiger fucking Muay Thai kickboxing or whatever, and I get it. They're trying. But he's just too over the top. And a guy like Dos Anjos, who is extremely calculated, a guy that's a low risk taker, a guy that makes sure when they're in a grapple, he's the one with the upper hand. <laughs> you just you can't let yourself get caught in bad situations against him. You'll lose getting choked out. And so that is really the path to victory. Rafael could get a uh, Rafael dos Anjos could get a submission on Fiziev pretty easily. <laughs> and I mean pretty easily. It could be a first round submission. You just don't know. And realistically, a lot of people are like, oh, first-round submission. It's like, that's the best time for a submission because everybody's bodies are still dry. It's hard to get a submission in the fourth round that's not a choke because everybody's so sweaty. But in the first round, Dos Anjos could, I mean, who knows? Fiziev gives you lots of openings. He is powerful. He is super strong. And he's he is really fast. I don't know. I don't know. He's the heavy favorite, but... Dos Anjos has been the underdog in all these fights, and he looks like he's trying to get a shot at the title. Watch out. Somehow this Chase Sherman and Jared Vandera fight keeps happening. Didn't this already happen? Or it got canceled, Chase Sherman got sick, and they, they rebooked it. Like, I don't I don't know. Eh. I guess we have to watch it. We don't really have a choice. <laughs> so we'll watch it. I always like checking the Shevchenko girl out. She's the other one. The other sister, she's pretty good. She's gonna, she's minus two hundred this weekend. That'll be kind of a fun fight to watch. You always kind of want to, you know, everybody brings their A game against her because of the name, so that'll be fun. And then the second fight of the night is this uh, Kennedy Nenchukwu. I've seen him fight a few times. He is a fucking monster. He's minus one forty three. He should probably be more than that. He should probably be like minus two hundred. So that's going to be probably one of my hot bets. There's also another fight on here with a dude I've never heard of, Garrett Armfield. He's plus 520, fighting David Onama, who's minus 1,000. You know what we do on those fights. We always circle them. <laughs> what the fuck? You're just waiting for the other shoe to drop on those. Still really enjoying how ruthless Reddit has been with Sean Strickland. <laughs> that dude, he, he sure disappeared, didn't he? He hasn't said shit. I mean, you could see it on his face after that fight that he was embarrassed. He, like, wanted out of the ring, and they're like, no, dude, you got to stand up here and fucking, while this other dude gets his hand raised, you don't get to leave. <laughs> he wanted out of the ring so bad, and they're like, no. So I'm still appreciating the, the fucking ass beating that, <laughs> that Reddit's given him. It's totally been enjoyable. I'm going to check in tomorrow on the UFC stuff about the uh, fight night pickums and some of our parlays for the night. I'm waiting to watch the ceremonial weigh-in tonight. 
check in on those, see how everybody's looking. You just don't know. For me, like I said, I don't actually like to necessarily watch the weigh-ins, the official weigh-ins, because everybody looks emaciated. (laughs) Everybody's like dying on the fucking thing, right? And then the next day, when they do the ceremonial weigh-ins, it's like, how much weight did you gain overnight and how good do you feel? That's when I need to see you. That's what you're fighting at. That weight that they're standing on the scale is not what they're fighting at. The next day, after rehydration and everything, that's what they're fighting at. And so to me, it's super important to see that ceremonial weigh-in. I want to see how everybody looks. Is anybody sick? How do they feel? How strong do they look? Height. Because here's the reality. Just like every sport, people are listed at certain heights, and then you see them standing next to somebody else that's listed at a shorter height, and they're the same height. You just don't know. I need to see them standing next to each other, and I'll know. <laughs> so we'll check back in tomorrow, probably tomorrow morning, with the fight night pickums. We'll get those in a little bit early. So those of you that want to that want to gamble a little bit, we'll do that. I haven't decided on the Fiziev Dos Anjos fight. I want to make sure. I saw actually. I did see. Dos Anjos weigh in and he looked pretty strong and healthy even at weigh in he kind of fights and lives at the weight he fights in Fiziev's the guy that's going to have to drop weight and make weight that it could always be a little iffy for him he's big he's going to look a lot bigger than Rafael Dos Anjos I keep thinking they're both of their fucking names are Rafael uh, Dos Anjos is going to look a lot smaller than Fiziev so we'll see I, w- I want to see him standing there how much power and size is Fiziev going to have I would guess a lot Again, Brittany Griner, people, so the new narrative for Brittany Griner is that she hasn't been brought home yet because she's gay and she's black. That's not, that's not it, okay? It's not it. If she wasn't even, if she wasn't famous at all, no one, you would never hear of the person again. The fact, they kept, I I saw the interview today, they're talking about it a lot today. And the narrative went from, well, if she were LeBron or... If she were Steph Curry, I've already mentioned that both of those guys are like fucking Obama at the podium. They would never make such a mistake, so do not compare them to them. Pick somebody that's been in trouble with some weird shit and then tell me how important it would be to get that person back that's a male. Okay, so let's look at Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon got busted for marijuana here, right? If Josh Gordon was playing football in Russia, how big of a priority would it be to bring Josh Gordon home? Because that's about the same level of fame as Brittany Griner has. You can't compare the two. It's not about male, female. You pick the two most highly respected people in the country outside of even sports. LeBron James opens fucking schools. Steph Curry is like the cleanest cut record of all time. Like he is the ideal American. So don't you can't compare those guys because they would never make such an error. And yeah, if if something like that did happen, it would be we would be all about it. But here's here's why we can't bring her back right now. It's that Russia is invading another fucking country. It's the time. It's what is going on right now. It has nothing to do with her being gay, or African American, or a woman. The fact that she has fame means that we're actually trying to bring her back at all. Now, if she had the kind of fame that Steph Curry and LeBron James had, like, yeah, we would we would make sure, right? Like, and if you want to, if you want a better example, like, it'd be like if 
comparing LeBron James and Steph Curry, it's the same as like saying Condoleezza Rice. Like, yeah, we'd be trying to get her back immediately, right? And she's a black woman. The the amount of power that these three pe- the people you kind of like compare yourself to, it's like you're not them. But you are famous, so people are talking about it, which is more than you can say about all kinds of other people that are trapped. There's a in fact, the the one story, there's like a there's a male like soldier that's been in prison there for like 12 years for with no like some bar fight and he's just like in she's near him in these cells like we don't try to bring him back we don't care about him because he's not famous at all so she does have some fame and she should appreciate the fact that people are talking about it but changing the narrative to like biden doesn't want to help her because she's gay or something it's like that's not it that's not the thing i get it they're trying to put pressure but like i said before and I saw Sue Bird, and I love Sue Bird, and she's talking like, you know, whatever it takes. And it's like, really? What if I told you we have to release somebody that's going to be a part of invading Ukraine, and this exact this one person could be responsible for hundreds of deaths because she made it because this girl that we're releasing made a mistake. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm not saying that that I care that we do this or that we shouldn't do this. All I'm saying is. This is the side that nobody says is going to happen. You know, like, we got to make this exchange. It's like, well, who are we exchanging? Do we have some basketball player here that we're holding over some misdemeanor bullshit that we can give them? Or are we about to release a fucking terrorist to get her back? All because they're, like, invading another country. I'm just pointing out that it's like, it is so much bigger than anybody can comprehend and to just say it's because she's a woman or she's black or it would be done it's like that is not true it's not done because there's some crazy shit going on around the world and they want us to release somebody that's a fucking maniac probably or somebody that's done some horrendous shit right like who knows from our from our government's point of view i i honestly I, i just at this point it's like it does upset me to hear the narrative change that way. Like we're not doing it because of this. And it's like, no, we're not doing it because she's in a place that we have no power, none. There can't, there is not a worse country for her to be in because we actually have zero power in Russia. None at none. It'd be like being in North Korea. Like we can't, what the fuck we have, we have no leverage. So That'll be my last time talking about it. I hope they bring her back. I do. I know everybody wants her back. I just, I'm always pointing out the cons, right? I'm not like some conservative crazy person. I'm I'm the opposite of that. I just, when I hear people just give you like an ultimatum, like you have to do this, I just always point out, it's like, and then you say it's because of something. It's like, no, no. So that is my last take on Griner. Hopefully they bring her back soon. Again, just think about what you have to give up to do that with a country you have no power in. It is, it's, it's, it's pretty nuts. Been seeing a bunch, a bunch of like pictures coming in of athletes, guys for the uh, NFL season. The boy from the uh, Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese. He doesn't look like Mac and Cheese right now. He's pretty jacked. It looks like he started working out. That's one thing I just never understood about certain players including Mac Jones, coming into his rookie year. Like, why would you not be in shape? What in the fuck? It is not that hard to eat well. Like, you can wake up, have a smoothie, work out, eat, like, fish and rice for lunch, and then a sensible dinner and get your exercise in. There's, like, I guess that's coming from a guy that doesn't drink anymore. I used to drink. In my 20s, I drank a lot. 
But I also was already like, I never really got fat in my 20s because I was, you know. And then when I started getting fat, I stopped drinking. Now, maybe that's easier for some people, but I also just switched to grass, right? I smoke weed. But I also have a med card. So, you know, those of you out there are like, oh, my God, this guy's a criminal. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm a patient, okay? (laughs) I am a medical patient. That being said, I love it. And uh, it is... I don't know if I can legally say it's a healthier alternative, but I do think that alcohol is about the worst thing you can do to your body. And if you want to stay in shape, even for athletes, it's it's good to just quit drinking. Just stop. I know LeBron like has wine sometimes, and wine's okay, you know. But beer and shit, all that, all those carbs, just like empty carbs going into your body, and 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 the poison of alcohol itself. I mean, it's fucking you're poisoning your body. That's how you get drunk. You're like, oh, I feel great. It's like, oh, you're just poisoned. And then tomorrow you'll realize it. <laughs> and so I just quit. And I'm in my 30s now, and it's easy, a lot easier to stay in shape if you just quit drinking. Fuck it. I like having a cocktail now. That's like my thing. But weekend hits, I'm hanging out with some friends. I'm more of a cocktail guy. So if there's any liquor sponsorships out there for me, I can get behind a little liquor, especially like a nice kettle one martini, you know, slightly dirty. Ooh, that's good. That's some good shit. You just can't make it a habit. It's like once a week. You know, I'll sit down, kettle one martini, little joint, and I'll send you to another planet, man. You just feel fucking wonderful. I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow with my fight night pickums. Just wanted to check in, share some analytics for you guys. We're spreading out big time all over Europe, all over the East Coast of the United States. We're kind of all sharing in this new, uh, this new experience together called the Soft Count. Hit the follow, hit the like, leave a leave a review. If you hate me, like I said, shoot me a DM. Tell me how much I suck. I'll read it out loud. <laughs> I, you know, that's my kind of like a bad DMs. I'm all about it. You can tell me I'm a fucking asshole about Griner or whatever. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.